This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. So we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. Uh, We are back after um, a while. A while off. The show is jinxed, ladies and gentlemen, because of Scott Riefen. Um, Because it was mere weeks ago when he was scheduled on the show. And like a jerk... He went and got in, like, a horrific bike accident. He's fine now. He's fine now. But uh, but that what that launched what has been, like, two weeks leading up to my second wedding. It's a whole crazy couple weeks. I shouldn't litigate all of this at the top of the show. Hey, welcome to the Star Wars Report. Uh, we talk Star Wars, and we have a lot of fun doing it. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. And with me, once again, is a fan favorite. At least I like to think he is. Mr. Bruce Gibson. How's it going? I'm doing well, but you know, when you just said Scott Reif and I was thinking how he and I are so opposite right now because <laughs> I've been gaining weight and all I'm seeing online is him losing lots of weight. <laughs> Over a hundred pounds. It's, nuts. it's crazy. Uh, I, I got to get on that plan. I, right? Right. He's inspired me. I'm not on the, I'm on the, my fitness pal now. Uh, just trying to like trim down some, but anyway, you know, um, another guy that I want to bring in on the podcast. It's been far too long since we've had him. Uh, it's Mr. Matt Rushing. How's it going, Matt? Uh, it's good. Uh, I might not have lost as much as Scott Rifen, but I have also lost 25 pounds. Hot, so. hot damn. Jeez. Yeah. I have proudly, in the lead up to my hashtag second wedding, lost about five or six in the, nice. last, in the last few weeks nice. that I've been doing it. So, you know okay, what? All right. <laughs> to get on this bandwagon, I've lost some hair. So, <laughs> that counts as a loss. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, it's 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 a very real world start to the show, guys. Because I it's been a few weeks, and and like a, a a big part of that is is the lead up to my wedding. And I actually at the top of the show, I, I figure it's worth mentioning here because I know she's not going to listen before this Friday. Um, I've been I was told I had permission to select the song the DJ would play for the entrance of the wedding party. Which now, since it's just a reception, that's the entrance. That's the beginning of the festivities. And so I picked a, a, a song that is Star Wars, and I wondered if either of you gentlemen cared to take a stab. Yes. Yeah. Imperial March. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Uh, is, it the, uh, is it the end credits for Star Wars? Ding, 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 ding. Yep, the throne room yep. and roll yep. credits for A New Hope. Yep. It's the classic, right? But you got to go there, right? Uh, that's. It sounds like wedding music, right? Like a wedding march. Mm-hmm. It does. It'll yeah. be yep. It'll be announcing the uh, the bridesmaids and the groomsmen. They'll all walk in. It's gonna be kind of funny because there will have been no wedding per se, but it's just us throwing a bash because of a thing. It's like very reduced in size, but it's not as reduced as the first time around. It's a whole thing. There's a few Star Wars things happening, and we're able to get 
some family and friends in like the immediate wedding party. So it's a crazy well, you time. You get medals. Get I, now. You know, I, I should have thought of that, man. Dang it! <laughs> it's it's just a weird. It sucked up a lot of uh, time and energy as as per usual since we. As uh, it should, if you're getting married. I mean, I swore I would only get married once, but yeah, here I am. Yeah. Well, at least it's yeah. the same woman. Yes, exactly. you know, like Amen. you know. Yeah, so. Congratulations <laughs> on your second marriage. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird. It's, to the same woman. Uh, thank you, thank you, well, thank you. We listen. We've survived COVID. Uh, uh, you know, if there's one, they always say, you know, the first year is the roughest. Try get being locked in one tiny apartment, and we've made it somehow. Um, she knows more about my Star Wars fandom than I ever planned to unveil over the course of just the first year. I wanted to actually like slow roll it up to the next like celebration was my general plan. <laughs> Yeah, well, but no, like, this is really good, though. This is good because get that out of the way now. Let her learn all about it now while she still thinks it's cute. Because years from exactly. now, mm. she's not going to think it's cute <laughs> That's anymore. fair. Well, not only that, Riley, the best part about this is is that, you know, you guys being locked in basically house arrest for a year has been a perfect foundation to start marriage because if you haven't killed each other now, yes. you probably are going to be okay. That's the idea. That's that's the idea. We've survived so far <laughs> somehow. There have been close calls, but we've <laughs> we've made it. I, I bet it, it's always your fault. So. It, always, of course. It's not my fault. Um, yeah, no, stop burning the food. There's the level of like where, so she will make sort of, she has a bit, which is like jo- trying to be in on the Star Wars joke, but not understanding Star Wars to the level that, that we do, enjoying it, enjoying being a part of it and learning about it. But definitely, but she tries to go for the most obscure reference that she can still uh, make and it, as I have recently been in a rewatch of the Clone Wars, which we'll talk about the back half of the show. Um, the most recent one is 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 a litany of Mace Windu jokes. She's just just catching little bits here and there. But she's like, man, it, he is such a stick of mud. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, that's the bit. But you know what? We'll we'll get to that a little bit uh, later in the show. It's time to actually get down to business here. Let's talk some Star Wars. News. We have something to report. Pleasure, I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. You can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. So the first bit of news is purely selfish. Uh, I haven't been completely ne- neglect in in Star Wars um, fandom over the last few weeks. Uh, even though I haven't been able to be on the podcast here, I just launched. I I hopped on the trend uh, of Substack. Uh, you guys, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but we we have the Star Wars Report newsletter, and even with the Mouse and Castle uh, podcast, we had a Disney newsletter that we were doing there. But it was kind of scattered efforts, and especially with recent events in the world of internet fandom. Although this this sentence always holds true, recent events in the world of in, 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 internet fandom is always that's like a bad evergreen, thing. Riley. That's like you know that's insert. You could literally <laughs> insert that sentence a year later, but it's the, here's the deal. Like most of internet fandom sucks. Like that's 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 what it is. And and I that's why I like podcasting a lot more. Um, but I I was missing the ability to kind of. Um, put together thoughts and and have some discourse and dialogue in a format that wasn't podcasting and social media doesn't cut it. So uh, enough of the clickbaity, shallow, hyper-political hogwash of of internet fandom. I I consolidated the old newsletters. I'm kind of, I I deleted all of my social media apps for Lent. And instead I'm going to channel 
any and all of my fandom and thoughts on the worlds of and the universes and the mythologies that we love and uh, do it in a, in a semi-weekly newsletter that you can now find at rileywrites.substack.com. I'll have the link in the show notes. The first one is out. Uh, a great response from you guys so far. Uh, I will be doing everything from Star Wars to Disney to like just military life stuff. Uh, the next one will be a recap of uh, the wedding slash small Disney trip that's happening afterwards. So it'll be a space to talk about stories nice. in a meaningful and 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 human way which doesn't really happen on things like i don't know twitter so uh that's riley when are you going to disney because i'm about to go to disney myself hmm, hmm, hmm. we are doing uh, like a day and a half right after the the uh okay. the wedding reception really cool yeah yeah so uh we're it's it's our own sort of mini moon we we we, we splurged oh, perfect we splurged we mini booked, moon we, with we, mini mouse with and, and the grand floridian we we splurged <laughs> are staying like I two did, nights that's like two nights and that's our like little miniature getaway so that's um we'll uh, we'll recap that and, and and kind of essentially sift through the garbage of like the perfect example is this week is like george lucas is writing casting it i didn't even add this to the roundup i saw that <laughs> <laughs> it's like somebody yeah, updated sure imdb uh and that's you know that's that that's the level yeah, well of- you know i mean i i even pointed this out in our group that we have that if you look at clone wars and rebels and imdb he's credited as writing almost every episode hmm. so i mean just because he's credited as a writer doesn't mean he's actually writing for yeah. andor yeah yeah that's fair so ex- perfect exhibit a of uh the level of um <clears throat> journalism and discussion discourse around star wars there's a lot of other exhibits we could get it but that's not what the show is about we'll actually get into what the show is about uh, i wanted to touch base with you particularly uh you bruce because actually i and matt i bet you have some thoughts on this as well but there were some rumors uh that uh mina masood of course aladdin from the live action remake of aladdin mm-hmm. which i actually enjoy come at me bro have you seen both the animated and the live action? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, I, I have. I'm not going to knock you for your opinion. It, it's okay to have an opinion. <laughs> it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> I'm. You would not be the first person. Matt's just like I, she's shaking his head in disappointment. You would not be the first person to uh, <laughs> uh, to clash with me on on this opinion. I realize I'm in the minority on this one, but I, I actually thought he did a pretty good job um, as as Aladdin. But yes, the idea is that Aladdin is going to play Space Aladdin. Is it too obvious? Bruce, go. <laughs> it's too obvious. It's a rumor, and it's not true. Wow. Hot take. Why don't you think it's true? Because it's like it's too obvious, like you said. Mm. Like, the guy's associated with Disney. He kind of looks like Ezra. And, you know, I can see where somebody jumps on that and starts spreading rumors on it. But I don't... I mean, I think it'd be cool to see him play Ezra in live action. But... I'm not buying it until I hear something for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the context behind it is it's a, the source is, and I'm a big fan of, I don't know, you know, talking about what the source is, is uh, Kessel run transmissions. They're the podcast slash YouTube show. And they said they have a source uh, that, uh, that there's a verbal agreement. So it sounds like one of these things that I don't, uh, I don't no. know. <laughs> 
<laughs> a verbal Which agreement. right next to a no. gentleman's agreement. And so, <laughs> hmm. Matt is, well, I guess this is this would be twofold. It would be if he's cast as Ezra, it would be him playing Ezra. But also it would be Ezra in the Ahsoka series. Does that make sense to you? Do you think the Ahsoka series is going to tie that closely into other Dave, as a, I know a huge Dave Filoni fan, that it's yeah. going to be that closely tied to his other animated projects? Well, I, so my thought process with the Ahsoka show is this, is that the the point of it is to continue the storyline um, with what we saw with trying to find Ezra. You know that has something to do with that, and and honestly, my guess is, and I think other people have speculated this as well, is that you know they had announced these other shows that were going to be happening, and they had also mentioned that there was going to be a big culmination, basically a coming together of everything, uh, and so I kind of figured basically what they're doing is the their own Thrawn trilogy, basically. Uh, mm. oh, because you got 30 years of space between the original trilogy ending and the sequel trilogy beginning. Um, there's no reason why you couldn't do this. Thrawn is still alive uh, and kicking. And so um, basically give the fans what they really wanted all those years ago, which is, uh, you know, with these characters, uh, a Thrawn trilogy. So I mean, that had been my thought process. And so Ezra being a part of that was definitely something, you know, if you find Ezra, you're going to probably find Thrawn and, and mm. that would lead to some really cool stuff. So uh, I would be ecstatic if that happened. If it doesn't happen, I'm, I'm also going to be fine too. I mean, whatever they're going to do with the Ahsoka show, I'm sure is going to be great. Dave cares more about the character than we ever possibly could so he wants nothing but the best for that show mm. and the character so i have full confidence in that but i do think it would be super cool i mean how cool would it be to get yeah. something like that well and and i don't think you're far i don't think your speculation is 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 unfounded i mean the fact that thrawn was mentioned by name by ahsoka yep. in the mandalorian yep. i think that's a very fair you know, reason to believe that, you know, and as much as I thought about it, I still was thinking of Thrawn in, in the context of who he was in Rebels, like his role there. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't even thought about like it being a sort of backdoor pilot of sorts to adapting a a modernized version of the Thrawn trilogy. And there's there are many times if you'd asked me this a couple years ago where I'd be a little bit hesitant for adapting and incorporating specific plots and elements whole cloth from the old expanded universe the idea of a variation of the thrawn trilogy or a variation of the new jedi order some of the stuff i that to me had some not so you know quote unquote star warsy elements but it, asking me today i think star wars isn't in a place that is less defined and at the same time uh, a much broader there's a much broader swath of what Star Wars is to, to different subsects of fandom. So I, I think it'd be really interesting. I think there's definitely a place with the sheer number of projects they have to like make a, a freaking adaptation of the Thrawn trilogy. Why not? Well, and I mean, obviously it would be quite different because I don't know how much, you know, a Luke Skywalker would be a part of that. Um, you know, as he was in the series, you know, uh, or a Leia or a Han or any of that kind of stuff. So, but if if you're using the characters like 
uh, Ahsoka and you're using a character like an Ezra, you know, you, you're able to kind of almost substitute some of that stuff. And you, you, you could use basically the idea, some of the ideas. Um, but yeah, you, you also have the opportunity just to really create something interesting that has a hint of what we got in the original Thrawn trilogy, but at the same time is something in the end, it would really be very new too. So, um, to me, that's just exciting. And, you know, mm. honestly, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, obviously, it sounds like they're going to have to be uh, retooling um, some shows because of some mm. uh, decisions made recently that we don't probably want to get into. But I know what you're um, talking about. Yeah. Everything's so, fine. Everything's every, it's, We're all fine. We're all fine here. How are you? Um, but... I, again, I'm right there with you, Riley. I do mm. think that would be just such a great thing. And honestly, you know, from what we've seen from Dave and from John, they're more than willing to give the fans basically what they want. Like that, they they have no problem doing that. So, yes, and there's I a, want a million dollars. They can give me that. But uh, no, I agree. I mean, I would love to see that. I, I'd love to see a different take on the Thr- Thrawn trilogy. Hmm. I love it when they take something like that and then they have to adapt it into something a little different. And so you have to, you know, move the characters around or bring in new characters. And for all we know, you know, we'll have Ezra could be a clone. It could be Ezra <laughs> or something. Well played. <laughs> well played. <laughs> well played. Um, okay, I, I got one other one other story for you guys that um, I wanted to get your takes on, um, which is, and I know I've actually this year have in, gaming has been more. I mean, I guess hashtag COVID, right? But gaming has been a bigger part of my Star Wars fandom this past year and there was an interesting announcement it seemed to fly under the radar in some ways but um the uh they they just announced Star Wars Hunters w- produced by Farmville's own Zynga <laughs> this is actually a uh, a uh, basically well I'll just jump straight to the copy here on starwars.com uh, if you've ever dreamed of competing in a galactic arena, the roar of the cheering crowd in your ears, a new Star Wars game promises to capture that spirit with all new characters and Star Wars-inspired locations. During today's Nintendo Direct, Zynga and Lucasfilm Games announced uh, the brand new, the brand new Lucasfilm Games, I should say, announced uh, Star Wars Hunters, a competitive arena combat game coming to the Nintendo Switch in 2021 it'll bring players together to engage in thrilling team-based multiplayer battles featuring a diverse array of distinctive new star wars characters and they actually released a little bit of an official teaser it's like 30 seconds here sort of like a hologram choose your character Star Wars Hunters, uh, but this is a um, this is a first of its kind in, in a lot of ways. It's more Star Wars content coming to the Nintendo Switch, a platform I'm a big fan of, but that is it doesn't have a lot of. You've got a, a reskin of Star Wars Racer, which I've played many times, um, and that's about it as far as Star Wars from the Nintendo Switch. So I'm excited in that there's more Star Wars content. It doesn't look like any, anything crazy in depth but that's kind of right up my alley is this um is this something that either you guys are interested in or something that you'd pick up i don't have a switch so <laughs> i can't i'm not gonna probably do this i mean the trailer i i don't know i was hoping to see a little more 
It didn't really definitely a tease. Yeah, it didn't really like sell me on anything. I mean, it's Star Wars, so I'd, if mm. I had a Nintendo Switch, I more than likely would get this. But so far, I'm not sold on it. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is one of those things where it. I mean, they're truly just teasing something. There really isn't enough to go on. And and like Bruce, I don't have a Switch, although I do have some friends that have one, so I might be able to yeah. see it, uh, it once it comes out. But, you know, uh, I think it's, you know, you were making fun of it, but this idea from Zynga, it's like they don't really make games that I'm super interested in, you know, so mm. who knows what this could be, but the idea of having a, an arena style battle, are we, are we like on Geonosis? Am I fighting like, it, you know, uh, creatures? Uh, is somebody going to be saying, finish him? I mean, <laughs> like, what what's happening in this arena battle? Because it, it reminds me of actually the original Clone Wars series by Gendy hmm. where Dooku finds oh, a stage yeah. where she's mm-hmm. in the arena battle. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, the, the obvious go-to is, is Attack of the Clones, but I didn't even think of that, about that, Matt. That's a good comparison. I think it's definitely... I mean, that's all they've announced is a team-based arena battle where it's you just duke it out with your team versus another team. Um, it looks... I, I'm excited about it. I reached out to Zynga, actually. Fun fact. Just because I was curious about it and I was bored that day, so they um, they're in the midst of development. So they actually don't even have it's not finished enough to where they're ready to come on talk about it or demo it. But they are interested in it, oh, and they're also new to the Star Wars kind of community th- side of things. So mm-hmm. down the road, as it gets closer and they announce a release date, hopefully we can actually get a little bit better fidelity on it. And it looks like they are going to introduce a mobile version to the App Store and, and Google Play. So um, I think sometimes it's a lot of the community surrounding some of the star wars mobile games that have been developed um gets forgotten about um some of those are huge I've, I've, i'm not i'm not typically into it that much except for that i got a switch this year and i've been enjoying it and getting into it more and it's just a really fun versatile platform that i'm excited to see some more star wars content to, uh, to come to because so far they have a reskin of knights of the old republic that you can do which is pretty cool and then um, I have that one on my yeah. iPad. It's it's, it's the same com- and the same company's yeah. developing some of these old Star Wars games for the Switch, which I think is great because it's not a super powerful platform um, compared to like the PS4 or certainly like any of the new next generation consoles. But there's some I love that like Jedi Knight and some of these and Star Wars Racer and Kotor are getting a second life with the Switch and mobile platform. Dude, can I just talk about how lame it is that I can't get like the the Jedi Knight uh, on Xbox, like that's ridiculous. You mm. you're just cutting out an entire section of of people. Oh, um, you know, it's like yeah. you know you should make it available for everyone because I would totally have bought that and played it, especially with it, you know, in in a graphic level that would make it look incredible these days. So yeah, yeah, that that made me really frustrated because again, especially with COVID have happened in all those months, I totally would have played that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, gents, actually, you know, I I, I was I was going to transition to Clone Wars, and I and I wanted to kind of talk about the um, the advent of it because full transparency, I've I've been um I I've been in a rewatch. I've 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 gone back to the well, and I've actually never gone through all seven seasons. Or, or any of the old seasons, for that matter. 
uh, and rewatched them. When they when they aired, I would usually see each episode at least twice, but I don't think, other than its an initial original air date, that that's been um, that's been the case. And I, and it's this weird experience of intense nostalgia that I experienced from watching a show that is was on the air exactly ten years ago. I'm I finished season one and season two, and I think that might be where we focus some of our discussion, just because that's what I've done most recently. But before we do, I just want to see if you guys remember the sounds of this trailer. contact with General Kenobi. Kidnapped. Jabba the Hutt's son has been. Negotiate the treaty with Jabba. Obi-Wan will. Find the renegades that hold Jabba's son. Your mission will be Skywalker. Red Lion, stand by. Jedi will not only be at war with you, Count, but the Hutt clan as well. They have nowhere to run. See Star Wars like you've never seen it before. That was the promise of the Clone Wars movie when it first came out. I remember I remember distinctly I was at this place in Star Wars fandom where it had uh, it just sort of reawokened and uh I was looking forward to a Star Wars movie coming to theaters following every detail for the first time ever. And uh, and and so as I revisited um, season one and season two, it just gave me this really odd sense of nostalgia. I don't know if you guys have experienced that with Clone Wars at this point, but it seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah, well, I did a rewatch this time last year. I was going to say I remember because you were in the midst of this as season seven was coming out. Yeah, and yeah, there was a sense of nostalgia with that, but also the YouTube videos that you pointed me to. Had, did you get I a watched chance to watch all of them. Hot I damn. Could, I thought, I don't have time, but then it was like I was up late because I got into it. And I mean, that yeah. is a whole history from beginning to end of the production of the episodes. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's about in-universe and out-of-universe. It was really good. But I did not see the movie in theaters. When that movie came out, I feel so bad. I shouldn't say this on the show. But when that movie came out, I was like, I'm not going to go see that in the theater because that looks like it's not made for theater. I want to watch on TV what it was made for. And I th- I'm kind of glad I did because I heard the reviews weren't very good. See, and that's where you totally missed out. I remember going <laughs> to see it opening weekend. I was so excited, and I 
personally came out of the theater loving it it because it immediately just felt like star wars mm. and that's the thing that really captured my attention was regardless of of how great the animation was or you know i mean and obviously even dave would say the animation gets a thousand times better by the time we get to the end um the feeling was star wars the storytelling was star wars it it just it was star wars and mm. i think to me um absolutely you know riley you bringing up that trailer you know a couple of years ago at dragon con did the uh anniversary mm. for the clone wars panel you know and i remember putting together um all of these so the tv guide uh then put out a special clone wars edition that had a cd rom that came with it and it had all of these old in um original documentary things about the making of mm. and like the t trailers and stuff and like Dave introducing people, you know, to you, to everyone who was working on it. I remember pulling those off so people could watch before the panel started. And yeah, those trailers, like it just brings me back. So, I mean, yeah, for me, Clone Wars does bring back an intense amount of uh, nostalgia, um, you know, the end and and just waves of good feelings because I love that show so much. I mean, it's literally one of my favorite things in all of Star Wars these days. In the moment, I remember feeling like I because I had just discovered Star Wars podcasts, the um, the original Force cast back in the day. I discovered, and I was listening to that and fi finding uh, Rebel Scum and the Force .net and some other Club Jade and some other blogs that I just. And some of you guys listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I just discovered I all this, and I was, about. <laughs> I was like, "What's well, that?" It's funny because like it's not it's it's not as um, mainstream. A lot of people aren't, aren't even aware of this era. But it felt like this Star Wars fandom and and the lead up to the Clone Wars. Clone Wars itself was almost this um, this rite of passage. This uh, it's almost like it's flaws because there are a lot of flaws with that original film. But I remember as it came out having this distinct experience of like well we get it star wars is this 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 group of fandom that was so excited just to have it back in theaters just to have it back on the small screen just to have anything the fact that it didn't die as as i thought it would after revenge of the sith came out and just being so excited about it then and not caring if the animation was rough and 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 really early in its prototypes and not caring if uh, Ahsoka was annoying. She annoyed me. I, I have to be honest, but I I love her now, and I get her character arc. But man, like there are all these things that I could have really that would have completely turned me off if I had let it. But I didn't care about any of that because I got a freaking Star Wars movie. See, I was the opposite of that <laughs> because honestly, I mean, if you think Bruce back to the. the <laughs> if you think back, to, uh, I've improved. Uh, <laughs> uh, in 2008, it had been three years after we got Revenge of the Sith. And to me, Star Wars was over in the theater, theatrically. And so when this movie comes to cinema, it's to me, it was like a pale comparison. I'm not talking story-wise because I didn't know the story. It was just more of a, oh, you know we're not getting live action Star Wars anymore. Now we're getting 
this animated thing that has this girl and it looks like it's made for kids and the animation, what I've seen, it looks more for TV. I was excited about it coming to TV, but it was almost like an insult to me to go see it at the theater because I'm like, no, Star Wars is done in the theater. Don't cheapen it. Like the last, at that point, I was like, the last Star Wars movie I want to see in the theater is the last Star Wars movie. And that mm. was Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. It, it, it almost felt like it was Star Wars, the, 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 as we call it now, the Skywalker saga. But that saga that Lucas had made live action had closed so beautifully with Revenge of the Sith that it felt like. It, it felt cheap to me. In continuity with, that. yeah. With, now, I mean, it would have been different. If I had a friend that said, you want to go see it, I would have said, yeah. But I was I didn't have any Star Wars friends. I didn't have the community like I do now. Mm. But when it was just me, I was just like, I'll just watch it on TV and I'll get the, the Blu-ray when it comes out. And, yeah. I, and that's why I did it that way. That's fair. But and, I like the movie. It's not great, but I, do, I did watch it last year during my rewatch, too. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I, when I think about um, the way that Clone Wars hit, I think that that community part of it's important because for me, I just discovered that. I think that's around the time me and William met, me and Aaron uh, met, and, and so I, I was developing some friendships and some online community where he had something to be excited about together, and I think that was a big part of it to the point where, like, as it got crapped on by the critics and stuff it almost like that was almost like a, a rite of passage. I like, I felt a part of like who, what it must've been like to love the Phantom Menace right after all the critical backlash. I was like, yes, I am now one. <laughs> I have experienced, you know, everybody, you know, quote unquote, everybody uh, hating a star Wars movie when it comes out and me loving it. So I felt almost this sort of rite of passage that I experienced with the movie. And then, and then of course, season one hits and it starts off with ambush and i and i i never literally go, went over to a friend's house because we didn't have cable tv to watch ambush and and just being blown away it was like it was yoda and not just like it's animated yoda no it was yoda uh dispensing wisdom hearing like the yoda theme his conversation with the clones. That was the, the first time I got a real sense of like the depth that this show was going to go through. And that's where season one really kicked off. Season one, I still think of as the time where the team was really working through a lot of the kinks of storytelling, of like the flow. And, and visually, you see almost sort of the, a storytelling evolution uh, evolve along with the visual evolution the difference between season one and season two just going back and rewatching, is is astounding visually and structurally season two is where we get really introduced to these kind of episode arcs that kind of became the hallmark of the clone war style that wasn't really as much the case with season one other than the malevolence arc uh, and the movie i guess they they didn't really have that um mini movie structure um But man, they, but I still think, think there are several episodes that just killed it. There are a few episodes, not so much. But when I think of like my favorites, uh, Rookies, Ambush, Cloak of yeah. Darkness, and then Hostage Crisis. Like those are to me, like if I were to name my top four from season one, those have got to be it. Because each of those, completely different style of story, but all completely grounded in Star Wars. 
Yeah, I agree. I would say those for me, too. And I would also say that's the beauty of the Clone Wars is because when that series premiered and I was watching those, like you said, some really good, some not as good. But as a whole, that season was good. Mm. I mean, I mean a solid good when I was watching it. And then the next season came was like really good. And I mean, it just got better as it went along. It's it's astounding. It's like one of the best Mm. animated series on TV ever. Well, and one of the things that I... I've loved about, you know, going back now and, and like rewatching done like a chronological rewatch, mm. which is really interesting because what's fascinating is to watch how much they were paying a- attention to the story so that if you do it that way, they really are building on themselves every episode in many ways. And they reference little things back and forth. And it's really impressive, especially since, a lot of the episodes, there are some that are out of sequence in the sense of chronologically, if you were to just sit down and watch it like, you know, um, as it was presented when it, it, it came out. And that's part of the reason is George would come up and be like, oh, I want to go back and do a story about this, you know. Mm. Uh, and so they would kind of go back in time, quote unquote, and, and tell a story that, you know, fleshed out something else that had already happened and. But just the fact that that really actually works together, if you do watch it chronologically, is is phenomenal. So, uh, and, and Riley, I think you're right. You know, I think any of the Star Wars shows, and Rebels is another example, where the first season you're kind of working out some some of the kinks and everything, um, and it's not the best as what you'll get later on. But you know, I I think most shows really need that. There are very few shows these days that really hit the ground with their best episodes ever. Mm. in the first season you know i mean the only the only series i can think of that did that uh was battlestar galactica and it never got better than season one and two you know whereas (laughs) most shows yeah they actually improve a lot of times with time yeah no that's true that's true well in the run and i literally that was off the top of my head and i just pulled up for reference the episodes from season one and and honestly if I went back, there are like um, three or four episodes that I don't that weren't great, but like as I went through Ryloth trilogy, um, the hidden enemy trespass, right? Um, I loved trespass. That might that actually might be my favorite episode from that season. And I forgot to mention uh, Lair of Grievous. So, um, which oh that that episode is such a great like horror like episode. Mm. So good. Yeah. Well, and, and even the sort of the Dr. Evil droid that was his mm-hmm. assistant. Yep. <laughs> that was really, yep. really, really crazy. And I think the, um, there's, it, it's a lot of the episode, I think where Clone Wars worked was it could equate silliness and cheese and pop entertainment. Uh, and not even pop entertainment, but like, uh, pop art, comic art, uh, old serial style storytelling structure was balanced against like deep character growth and, and or social societal issues from the, the whole idea of the fortune cookies where they kind of telegraph the, it, it's such a great, like if you said, I was a teenager when it first came out and into high school. Um, so uh, if, if, when I think about it, I was on the older end, but I, I know for a lot of people, they grew up watching Clone Wars. You got kids who are now adults who those fortune cookies were probably like conversation pieces that you could have as a family when you watch it. And I, and I think that's really a valuable structure. The episodes to me that didn't work uh, to be on, to be on the fair side um, are where the, the, the cheese factor 
it, where it got too weird and i could it where and there are times where i think clone wars sort of relished in in crossing the normative lines of storytelling and just got zany weird silly uh they did the and i think this is a felony thing i don't think it's a lot of people i think blame george directly i think felony likes to experiment with these different story structures. I think of AP5 and Rebels, where randomly he breaks into a little song for a second <laughs> as he floats through the space. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? Why is... Um, well, and one of the best things about it, too, Riley, was the fact that, I mean, so Clone Wars set up for everyone, if you want to know how to make Star Wars and make it interesting and make it varied, you know, the the best thing about this series was it is it gives you the opportunity to see Star Wars in many different lights and many different genres because you're doing all different type of genre stories. You know, you'd have a noir story, a detective type story, mm. and then you'd have um, a a Godzilla monster story, and then you'd have um, a action adventure story, and then you'd have mm-hmm. more of a drama story. You know, and like so. They were showing you how to create Star Wars stories by, you know, take what it means to be Star Wars and put it in a, you know, like when George told Dave he wanted to do a monster movie, like Godzilla type. He's like, oh, how do we do this? You know, like they Mm -hmm. have to figure that out. Like, I think this really helped expand what Star Wars stories could be by giving us all of these different types of stories. And that's what it made fun to come back every week because you weren't quite sure the star wars you were going to get but you know it was going to be star wars and and that's the beauty of this is that it always does feel like star wars even if you know we have meager gas gone later on you know um (laughs) which probably my least favorite episodes i was uh, actually gonna i I was gonna needle you a little bit back because i know you're such a huge fan we're gonna keep like uh being uber fans of clone wars here but i was gonna needle you is that is that can i narrow that down as the the most least favorite character or least favorite aspect of clone wars colonel meber gascon uh it it's just probably my least favorite episodes um mm. mainly because it's four episodes so <laughs> it's long a lot. Yeah. it is long and um mm. you know i don't hate all of it or anything it's just like in the, in the long scheme of things like i just really didn't mm. enjoy that it, they had put four episodes into something that they could have done in like two or, or you know so anyway sunny um, day in the you know, void that's the thing about the show like there is such variety to it so i know that like dave filoni loves those episodes right and mm. i know that there are fans out there who probably love them too so that's the joy of the show there's so much of it to enjoy mm. that you might not be the biggest fan of every single episode but on a whole the entire series is incredible and i mean you know we we got some of the absolute best star wars storytelling we've ever gotten in star wars i mean i would argue that the final arc of the series as a whole is one of the best star wars movies ever made yeah Mm -hmm. i'm with you yes i'm with you which should be on the big screen that amen i i would i would give anything to see that on the big screen matt did you did you was there a local screening for the um darth maul episodes that they did you know they did sort of a a regional series of theatrical screenings of the darth maul i think it was from season four or five four i think um and and did like a limited special theatrical screenings for it and i really wish they had done that more 
Yeah, me too. Because I think people would have gone to see it. Yeah. Um, you know, especially, I mean, at least the fans. And gosh, you know, you could put it as, uh, honestly, you could just do them as fathom events. So, right, I mean, it, yeah. You know, I don't know why they never did more of those because, yeah. I, you know, they did I it that one time after i mean they would always do like the special like um invite only lucasfilm screenings but i was always disappointed that they didn't have at least regional uh screenings that fans could attend even in a limited capacity because i understand like it's not a mainstream theatrical audience that would go and see these episode right. arcs but man yep. if you had like at least a theater or two in each major market host a special screening um and you could like speak directly uh, this is gonna be a crazy theory here but maybe even have representatives of your company speak directly to the most hardcore fans of said franchise directly in a special event to appreciate the fans who support <laughs> your project. It would have been amazing if they could continue that or do that uh, in the future for the say Disney plus series. I think that would be really cool if, if they could host uh, events for fans like that, but you know, we'll I, I'm not holding my breath. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be a thing that happens, but we, man, uh, unfortunately I have, I, I have uh, another appointment right after this episode, so I have to cut this one a little shorter than I would like to. But Matt, I wanted to bring you into season two. I know we talked a lot of season one, but give you guys each a chance to sound off uh, a bit about the evolution of the show. And then, and I think this will be a good a starting point where maybe at least on a monthly basis in the in the coming uh, in the near future we can uh, reconvene and kind of go through, especially as I continue through my rewatch uh, and take some better notes as we. Uh, revisit the clone wars um but for season two the biggest and i didn't know this until i had heard the um the the youtube documentary series um we won't do full rogue transmissions but bruce i have to mention it and i sent it to you i was blown away by the quality of of this fan project it's this uh small youtuber named a tour a y t o r r and very few videos, very few subscribers, but he produced, he's a student filmmaker, and he was a, he was a kid when the Clone Wars first came out, and he produced three um, mini to feature length, half hour to hour length documentaries on the Clone Wars, and the process, its cultural impact, what it was like for him as a kid, and really digging into what makes it so special. And he pointed out, and I'll link to that, I'll link to it in the show notes, but one of his points for season two was that was when Joel Aaron came on board. And I didn't realize that, but visually going back, I really saw that distinctive difference. He did like a little bit of work on a few episodes in season one, like Trespass. Um, but you really see that visual difference of the show becoming a theater big screen quality by the time. Like, for example, I think the the, the crowning achievement was landing on Point Rain for season two. Yeah, and it continued then after that too. I mean, it, it, they just kept stepping it up. I remember... Back in the day, listening to Jimmy Mack and Jason, whether it was Forecast or Rebel Force Radio, I don't remember at the time, probably Forecast, but they were commenting how their hair, you know, the character's hair's, hair don't, doesn't move, you know, if it's windy or something's yeah. going on. But eventually the animation got to that point where they build the models where their hair would move. You know, it's just mm. like it just kept getting better. The lighting, I mean, a lot of that stuff, you know, just, just freeze frame. When you're watching an episode, yeah, I mean, just look at. I mean, it looks like it could be a painting, you know, that you would hang on the wall. Yeah. Well, of course, a Star Wars wall. <laughs> well, and then you know, I think you know, you had things like Lightsaber Lost and uh, Children of the Force, mm. the whole Mandalore arc, which really I think set the stage for everything that we kind of get 
in later seasons where you're really doing this arc storytelling. Um, but I think at the same time, I, I, I always have to call out the Mandalore arc, not only because it's my favorite character, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and we in, get introduced mm. to Satine, uh, the glorious Satine played by, you know, Anna Graves. Mm. Um, but the beauty of this is that um, it showed they were willing to really stretch the characters. Like, you know, to, I mean, and we should have realized that when they gave Anakin a Padawan, right? But to to then do this type of story with Obi-Wan Kenobi where you're giving us something really new uh, that we'd never known before, you know, uh, it was fantastic. And so I think this show was was saying in season two, like you, if you thought you knew what the Clone Wars is going to be, hold my beer. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and the achievements just iterated from there. Like the the quality of the show just continued. Uh, and we will continue to talk about Clone Wars, especially as I continue to obsess over it in my rewatch. I'm currently into season three. I'm trying to remember which episode I left off on. Um, what was it? I know season three, famously the Mortis trilogy, but I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, yeah, I've watched the opening, uh, Supply Lines, Arc Troopers, and Clone Cadets. Uh, it was Nice, that's it, a good one. Yeah, it o- opened up, uh, particularly Clone Cadets, seeing the uh, Domino Squad's beginnings. is, is pre- It was uh, one example of those kind of going back and filling in backstory and putting more yeah, thought into those characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, we will continue to discuss it. Mr. Matt Rushing, tell the good people listening to the podcast where they can find you on the internet. Oh, gosh. Uh, you could find me all over social media under the name Matt Rushing 2 If you search uh, any of the platforms, uh, if I'm there, you'll find me. Uh, of course, I'm over on the TFM network doing a few shows. One is called The 602 Club, where we talk about all the fandoms we love. We've also just added into that feed Snyder Cuts, where we're talking about everything Zack Snyder's directed before we get to his Justice League coming out. So check that out, too. I do literary treks and the orb over there. Bruce is on literary treks all the time with me now, uh, where we talk about books in the comics of Star Trek, the orbs, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And then on the Nerd Party Network, hanging out with John Mills as we talk Star Wars on aggressive negotiations. And then, of course, the last one is the Owl Post with Drea Kaufman, where we're talking about Harry Potter. Uh, which I have most recently. Chapter at a time. I've most recently checked out because I am going through and reading those for the first time. I just oh, finished Chamber dude, of Secrets. That's awesome. Just finished Chamber of Secrets uh, yesterday, actually. Oh, that's fantastic, it's man. So I'm good. so excited for you. It was. Like, I was expecting it to be about the same as the first. It's considerably better than Sorcerer's mm-hmm. Stone. It's it's so good. I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm embracing my new Harry Potter fandom. It's a thing. It's happening, folks. I'm only awesome, I'm only man. a smidge late to the party, but hey. But you haven't been to Universal yet, right? No, and that's actually part of the plan is like maybe later this fall we're going to do a whole dedicated trip. And not darken the doorway of a Disney park, but instead appreciate the Harry Potter land world. I, I've heard so. that Harry Potter, I mean, and, and I have uh, John Mills, who mm. lives in uh, my and my podcast partner for Aggressive Negotiations. They just got their uh, daughters at the pass for mm. um, Universal. And uh, he said that he enjoys Harry Potter world more than Galaxy's Edge just because mm. there's so much more to it. So Well... Rumor has it, when I've talked to people who've talked to people who might know people, it's like fifth hand, is that like most of the 
Imagineering development for Galaxy's Edge was inspired by, and the the gauntlet was thrown down by the achievements of all the Harry Potter stuff. It makes sense for, for Galaxy's Edge. So it's a it's a, another discussion for another time. But Mr. Bruce Gibson, give us some parting shots. Where can people find you on the internet? On Twitter, I'm at Admiral underscore Rex. On Instagram, just Admiral Rex. And I do a podcast called Positively Trek. And as Matt says, I'm on Literary Treks occasionally. And I've even done some episodes of 602 Club with him. We just did hey. uh, High Republic. Right? Oh, the Jedi. Yeah. Like yep. about a, last month, I think it was. Nice. So uh, I guess that's where I am. Yeah, that's it. Nice. Well, hey, also stay in touch with the Star Wars Report. Uh the number one thing I want you guys to do is if you have not, make sure you go to Riley Writes. That's W-R-I-T-E-S. RileyWrites.substack.com uh, to subscribe to my Substack newsletter. It's just a community Riley, that we want to build up. I just forgot to tell everybody, too, that I do all the book reviews here. Oh, yeah, network. of course. Yeah, obviously, yeah, oh, right here at totally Star Wars Report. Yeah, check out on the Star Wars Report blog. Uh, and I read them. What's your next one? What's your next one coming up? <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> Somebody reads them. Somebody. <laughs> I'm the one who reads them. What's the next one uh, coming up, Matt? Uh, the next one that's coming out, and I actually started it today, is uh, the finale for Alphabet Squadron, Victory's Price. Ah, so that'll be the yes. next review coming out. And uh, actually, that's that review will drop next week. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, check it out on the Star Wars Report blog. Um, and then yeah, RileyWrites.substack.com. Go check it out. Uh, a lot of fun stuff happening there. Check out at Star Wars Report on Twitter, Facebook.com/slash Star Wars Report. And if you'd like to email us, it's Star Wars Report at Gmail.com. We appreciate you listening to the show. We appreciate you sharing the show. If you'd like to tell a friend about us or leave us a rating and review on iTunes, it's a great way to get the word out. Uh, but until next time, I'm just gonna say, may the force be with you. And remember, many Bothams died to bring you this podcast. Ah, this should be a video show. Why isn't this a video show? Uh, <laughs> next time, next time. Gents, appreciate it. It has yeah, just turned 8 you. o'clock. Yeah, I'm going to go talk. It was really fun. I so. wish I could hang out and talk with you guys more, but we will do this again. Seriously, yeah. probably in a couple weeks, I'll, we'll reconvene and hit up That'll the next couple seasons. So I will so. Uh, see you guys. I'm going to go talk to Penn State. Woo-hoo. See you guys. Right. See ya. Bye. See ya.